0: Welcome in to the It's World podcast, second edition of the week. Really the first week uh, we've done this. Uh, myself, Tom Hackett, alongside Steve Bartle with you guys as always. Uh, Steve, we've got a pretty uh, exciting game to to look forward to this upcoming weekend. It was originally Arizona State. And of course, uh, a few days ago now, earlier in the week, that was canned. Uh, an outbreak, COVID-19 outbreak has dampened. Uh, Arizona State um, hampered them is, is probably what I was trying to say there but nonetheless we've got the Washington Huskies uh, on the road up there at Husky Stadium it's going to be a Saturday evening kick. Uh, what channel's that on Steve? ESPN. Perfect. We we're on ESPN last week. got our faces kicked in. We'll get our faces kicked in again I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> Steve, how are you man? I'm good, man. It's been a busy
1: couple of days for me, filling in for Bill Riley on ESPN. But uh, man, excited! I'll actually be traveling to Seattle this weekend to cover the game there for Ute Zone. So uh, excited about as about that as well. I mean, hopefully, obviously, we don't know if we're going to play until we actually, you know, get to game day. But uh, but yeah, pretty excited about this one after everything that has gone on. It looks like both of these teams are. You know, in pretty good shape to play, and so basically, at this point of the year, man, if the more games played, the better, and that's all that really matters right now.
0: Correct, Mundo. So essentially, uh, this this episode's going to be uh, predominantly about the Washington Huskies uh, and, and the game that Utah's preparing for uh, on Saturday. We, we will talk some Utah football and kind of the happenings around that program as well. That's what we're here for. But let's start, Steve. With the Huskies, Steve Lake is the head coach. He uh, Jimmy Lake. Sorry, Jimmy Lake. I do apologize. He's in his uh, uh, first year as the head yep. coach. And uh, 2-0 with, with victories against the Oregon State Beavers and uh, the Arizona Wildcats. So two okay teams. Uh, I would say Oregon State's probably a tad better than Arizona. But nonetheless, two victories as they... Uh, prepare to host Utah what do you make of what do you make of Jimmy Lake
1: you know he's an interesting guy he's been the defensive coordinator at Washington over the last few years and uh, so you know he's kind of a defensive minded guy he's a little bit more uh, aggressive in terms of you know his approach compared to Chris Peterson at least you know, the people that, that follow him closely and work closely with him in the media up there, at least that's kind of the sense that they provide us in, in regards to Jimmy Lake and uh, and his kind of style, I guess. But, uh, you know, uh, interesting guy. Uh, got off, has gotten off to a good start, 2-0, and and uh, his team's playing pretty good football. So, you know, I think that's the most telling thing is, uh, these guys have bought into Jimmy Lake and they're playing good football. So um, yeah, pretty impressed with him so far, but uh, you know, with everything going on, we, I don't know, you know, that we really know a lot about Jimmy Lake just yet. He's, he's capitalized and taken advantage of, you know, the Oregon state Beavers and, and Arizona Wildcats uh, with them being on the schedule. But uh, I think we'll learn a lot more about him this weekend for sure.
0: Certainly. Um where, where, where are they? Where's their strength? Is it is it on the offensive side led by Dylan Morris, the quarterback, who is, by the way, just just a freshman. So he's only appeared in in two games. He's thrown for uh, 371 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, and he's looked the part, although, you know, you want, you want a few more touchdowns on the board through two games, averaging just one touchdown pass a game. Or is it their defense, Steve, that that you're looking at as uh, as the more problematic side of the football entering Saturday?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, when I look at this Washington team, um, probably the more difficult matchup is going to be their defense side of the ball. Uh, You know, it's been interesting kind of following along um, Utah football and the Washington football team over the last few years because they really are similar in a lot of ways. Uh, And they've kind of been following similar – trajectories similar similar you know paths of you know their ascension within the pac 12 and kind of how they are as a program how they operate their mindset there are a lot of similarities between utah and washington um and a lot of parallels between teams um it's just it just seems like what happens to Washington the year before is what Utah is going through this year. Uh, it was that case last year uh, with a senior-laden team. Uh, this year, you know, with with Utah, they're kind of replacing an entire defensive side of the ball. That's what Washington had to go through last year is they had to replace, I think it was eight guys, eight starters on the defensive side of the ball and kind of restart on that side. And, uh, and so that's kind of what Utah is going through this year. And we're seeing it right now with Washington, their defense is really kind of played really well through these first two games. And uh, you know, they, they took their lumps last year. They were still a good defense. And I think that's kind of something that you can draw from if your Utah is even despite, having to replace a number of starters and having to go young that you can still have of have a pretty formidable defense um, we saw it last year in the Utah Washington game in Seattle just how difficult that defense can be still so I think if you're Utah you can actually draw quite a bit uh, from uh, the, the Washington, Uh, program in terms of what you're going through this year. So, uh, but when I look at this Washington team, I definitely think it starts on the defensive side of the ball with the playmakers that they have uh, with uh, the personnel that they have uh, across the board. Uh, It's going to be a difficult matchup, but I still think it's one that Utah can, can find some things, can create some things and create some opportunities uh, to, to move the ball and score some points.
0: Certainly. And you talk about some of the, some of the youth on that, that defense Uh, really the guys that, that are leading the way from a statistical standpoint Um, that very young Uh, Elijah Molden, he's got 10 tackles to his name. He's a defensive back. He's he's, he is a senior. He's really the only senior that stands out. You've got Jackson Sermon, just a sophomore. Uh, He plays linebacker. Alongside, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna butcher this name. Ulo
1: Edif, Ulofoshio.
0: Yes, Ulofoshio. He's, yes, he's he's the other linebacker, and he he leads the team in tackles. And then they've only got one interception on the season. Does the Washington defense, and that came from sophomore defensive back Asa Turner. So um, just a ton of youth that that's mm-hmm. standing out. Albeit, look only through two games, but. Right. Uh, the leaders thus far have come from the younger players, the less experienced players, which I think should give Utah some hope uh moving forward it's going to be you know you look at the washington defense versus the the utah offense uh and you you'd like to think that the utah offense uh could could potentially have its way against this this washington defense uh, simply because of the, the youth on the defensive side of the football. Uh, you look at the two games they've played. They gave up 27 points against Arizona. Now, Arizona's got some players. They've got a pretty talented quarterback. There's the Wildcats, uh, and then they gave, gave up 21 points against uh, Oregon State. So they, they have given up points through the first two games. It's not like they're holding teams thus far to, to less than 14 points. Uh, although, you know, very few teams in today's college football, you know, does that anymore. Right. Uh, but nonetheless, my point here is that, you know, if if the offensive line for Utah can can just improve slightly, you know, hopefully a lot, but let's just yes. take it in small steps. Uh, yeah. If they can be better than they were against USC, then, then by all means, I think Utah can potentially put up some points against this Washington defense. Uh, Jake Bentley, you spoke about this, Steve, Earlier in the week, Jake Bentley's going to get all the reps now with the with the first team. Uh, and, and I think that's going to help tremendously. Uh, give mm-hmm. him some confidence, trying to trying to figure out more chemistry with his wideouts. And and again, I, I think obviously it's going to come down to the offensive line play because what we saw against USC was you know pretty dismal from, from the front five. Yeah. Um, and if you can't block, then you're just gonna have an incredibly difficult time. Running right. any sort of offensive scheme, so um, so that's the positive news for for the University of Utah and the fans that listen to this podcast. Is I, I personally think, and and Steve, I don't know about yourself, but I think look, I think this Utah offense can put up twenty seven plus points against Washington. If you know that would be my over under uh, for how many points Utah specifically is going to score. I put that at twenty seven, which I think I think it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I think uh, getting to 30, if you can somehow get to 30, I think that's a tremendous goal. And I think that's achievable. And, you know, it's interesting. I've talking a lot about Jake Bentley um, this week and obviously what kind of impact and what kind of um, improvement he can make as a quarterback compared to what, you know, based on what we saw last week, we talked about it in, in the previous show. It's just, You know, a lot of those misses were timing and chemistry issues. And so, you know, I I probably talked about it, but Jason Shelley, and I'm just reminded of this, and I want to kind of just illustrate this point, was, you know, in 2018, when Tyler Huntley suffered his uh, injury against Arizona State, Jason Shelley came in uh, to to take over. He finished the game 4 of 11 for 59 yards, uh, 5.4 yards per attempt, and he threw an interception. Not great, right? And I think uh, you you look at what Jake Bentley did. He obviously produced better, but I think just looking at how he played, uh, it was uh, it was difficult to watch, I think. Uh, obviously he put up some better numbers. The two interceptions still is pretty pretty painful. Uh, but going back to Jason Shelley, you give the kid a week of practice with the number one guys. He comes back against Oregon. He goes 18 for 31, not great, but still better. Uh, 58% completion percentage, 262 yards, 8.5 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, but also no interceptions. And so I I think that just illustrates the point that, you know, with a week of preparation, things are going to improve. Things are going to get better for Jake Bentley. And I think for – Uh, for Utah that's going to be a a huge huge key in this game is just uh, how much better can Jake Bentley be in week two with those reps Uh, but I think it's you know we've we've harped on it and I think everybody is on the same page here this all comes back to the offensive line and how much better those guys up front can be because they were expected to kind of lead the way for this offense uh, and you know, kind of pave the way, uh, for lack of a better term, for the running game. Um, so, how much better can the offensive line get? I do think that we'll see improvement from the offensive line. You know, I, I wonder. We know that Nick Ford was in quarantine. We don't know who else specifically was in quarantine, but we know that there were others. And I think that that kind of came through. In their play on Saturday, it, it and it's it's not an excuse, and I'm not trying to, to use it as an excuse because they went out there, they played, and you know they they got it handed to them, uh, and so they have to come back better. Uh, but again, similarly to Jake Bentley and what he went through, I think with full week of preparation and and uh, and kind of you know the for lap, and I apologize for the the butt kicking that they got. Um, you know, I think guys are going to be motivated. Coaches are going to be motivated because everybody, when you listen to coach Whittingham, you know, specifically this week, the disappointment in his voice with the offensive line came through and, you know, and you, you know, this better than, than I ever would, Tom, but I think if coach Whittingham is, is upset at something in, in that kind of manner uh, you know, they're going to get after it in practice and, and try to figure out what they need to do to be better.
0: Well, I, I was informed um, on Monday, Monday evening, I was informed that uh, during the team meeting, the offensive line copped about a five-minute spray, uh, a spray for the ages by one Yikes. Kyle Whittingham. Uh, he was irate with the offensive line. Look, and, and he has every reason to be, to be fair. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he kind of hyped him up. All offseason, uh, the fan base mm-hmm. was expecting a lot uh, from this offensive line, who who, by the way, I still I still think has a ton of talent. It's it's just a Me matter too. of gelling, uh, creating chemistry and understanding you know the system and, and and more importantly, executing. But yeah, they 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 were on the uh, the receiving end of uh, a bit of a screaming match from one car with cam on Monday. And so hopefully that kind of revved the engines. Uh, and got the guys going in in regards to Jake Bentley quickly, before we kind of take a look at, uh, at the, the offensive side for Washington going up against the, the Utah defense. I I do want to, you know, I do think it's worthy. And we have talked about it a a little bit, but Mm -hmm. just to try and put the pieces to the puzzle when it comes to, you know, the, the timeline he's been on, you know, you think of the heartbreak, it must've the, the heartbreak of losing the starting job. I mean, that, that, does some serious damage to the psychic of any player, and we're talking about somebody yeah. that's transferred from an SEC school that's joined uh, Andy Ludwig, who he's had a relationship now for some time, uh, and then to obviously hear the news that you are not the guy, despite traveling across the country to be the guy. I mean that that's gonna that's gonna leave some scars. Um, and then just from from a preparation standpoint, knowing that you're the backup, there, there's no way Jake Bentley, you know, was was planning. To, to play snaps against USC. He was, I'm sure, hopeful that maybe there was an opportunity he would be able to get in the game if Utah's up big. But but by no means did he expect to come into the game that early. And so just from a preparational standpoint, I'm sure it was uh, certainly not ideal. We've talked about him taking reps right. with twos all week. So, so I, I do think we will see a better version of Jake Bentley. Uh, but again, as as we've talked about, and this is kind of the bottom line, uh, you and I agree that... that if the offensive line can't figure out how to block, you know, for for more than half a second to a second, then then Jake Bentley—it doesn't matter how well Jake Bentley is going to prepare for this game, he's going to be limited uh, in what he's able to accomplish. So, uh, I I personally think Utah offensively has the chance to put up uh, quite a few points against this Washington defense. Uh, let's take a let's take a look on the offensive side now. Now, Steve, the, the Huskies—they they have a similar running back. Uh, situation. Then what Utah's dealing with? They've got three backs: Sean McGrew, Richard Newton, Kamari Pleasant. To kind of the three backs that have all averaged twenty, twenty-three, and eighteen attempts so far. Uh, all three of them, believe it or not, have two touchdowns to their names. They're scoring uh, on the offensive side anyway, predominantly by running the football uh, in, uh, and then they're they're averaging anywhere from like five point three to six point three. Yards per carry, which is uh, which is impressive. You know, if you can average uh, 5.3 yards per attempt, then you know you're moving the chains more often than not. So, uh, three running backs for Utah to prepare for uh, is going to be a, a challenge, I, I think, for yep. uh, for Utah. All three running backs. Look, I haven't done serious homework. I haven't dove into kind of where you, you know all three. Running back strengths are, but I, I guarantee you that 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 some of the backs have have certain uh, pros and others have certain cons. That that just makes it more challenging to prepare for, right? You may know more about these three players.
1: Yeah, no. So with Sean McGrew, he's kind of the he is. What am I trying to compare him to? So he's kind of the elusive guys, you know. In a lot of ways. He's, Similarly, he's similar to Ty Jordan, you know, for uh, just to kind of give people an idea of his stature and his athleticism. He's uh, smaller at five foot seven, five foot eight. Uh, He's not as thick as Ty Jordan, though. He's about 180 pounds, uh, but but he's built on athleticism. And so that's kind of what you're getting with him, with Richard Newton. uh, He's kind of the guy, the in-between guy and, Just kind of the all around back. Whereas Kamari Pleasant, he's got, he's kind of the big bruiser, 230 pounds, uh, but still a tremendous athlete. I think he's actually utilized on special teams too, which just kind of showcases his athleticism. So all around these guys complement each other well. Uh, They're going to get downhill. Sean McGrew, despite his size, he's still good. He's still willing to, you know, mix it up, run it inside and that kind of stuff. But he's definitely a guy that they're trying to get out into space and to utilize his uh, his athleticism so uh, all three of these guys are going to be utilized uh, against utah and you know all three of them uh, bring a, a unique kind of a look so it, it it will be interesting but i think with what utah has in their running back room they're going to be prepared for it because They've got guys in, in that that compare to these guys, so they'll be they'll be prepared. This Utah defense will.
0: Oh, Steve, I, I think we lost you for a second. Hopefully, we...
1: in practice Oh,
0: there you go. You're back. So Okay. No, we're good. We had a, a minor hiccup there for a split okay. second. We blame Zoom. That's how we record these things. Don't pay us, but. We're uh, complying with, uh, obviously, social distance regulations, protocols. We try and do this thing safely, so we do apologize for the the small hiccup. Now, that's my internet connection that that we're good to play. From a receiving standpoint, Steve, I guess, no real surprise that their leading receiver, with just eight receptions, albeit, is their tight end, Cade Otten, the Huskies now for, boy, Oh, uh, maybe as long as I can remember, have been rather superior at the tight end position. But, mm-hmm. uh, and I know you you have uh, a few comments to say on on Cade Otten, but also that there is a, a duo of uh, receivers that that have Utah Tais Puka Nakua, obviously Samson Nakua's brother. He's got three receptions, averaging twenty eight yards. He had a sixty five long touchdown. Uh, run or pass catch uh, against Arizona not that long ago. He's he's a weapon, you know, highly talented kid. Many mm-hmm. people listening to this probably know a ton about Nakua already, so we don't need to kind of go too deep into, into what he's all about. And then Ty Jones has been uh, at the Washington program for, for quite a few years now. He's, he's a very tall, athletic receiver uh, that continues to pop up and make plays for uh, the Huskies. He's, he's also got three receptions next to his name, uh, 47 yards total uh, with a long of 18. So uh, this receiving group is, is certainly dangerous uh, and, and mm-hmm. has weapons. Would you, would you say this is a better receiving group than Utah or, or you give the edge to Utah?
1: You know, it's it's uh, it's this is a, a very good group. Uh, you know, with Puka Nakua, with Ty Jones, Terrell Bynum is a very good athlete for his size. Uh, but I still think it's a fairly unknown group, an unproven group. Uh, and you know, we can say the same thing about Utah and who they have with Brian Thompson and Solomon Enos, But I still think that those guys, you know, before we even get to talking about, uh, you know, Britton Covey. Uh, I think those guys have still proven themselves and what they're capable of, uh, more so than what these Washington receivers uh, have in their career so far. But still, this is a talented group, and uh, I would give the edge to Utah ever so slightly. But I would still give the edge to Utah in terms of this group. Uh, but what's interesting is I think you know I I think Dylan Morris, the quarterback for Washington. There was a lot of talk, a lot of hype about Jacob Eason last year, five-star quarterback, transfer from Georgia, had all the tools, had the big arm, could rip it, you know, 45, 50 yards on a rope, uh, but just, it just didn't fit what Washington was about. And I think that's kind of the biggest difference this year compared to last year was Dylan Morris fits the personnel around him uh, quite a bit better and you look at their passing distribution chart. He's not one to push the ball downfield very effectively. Uh, he is currently one of seven on throws over twenty yards uh, for about twenty nine uh, for about twenty nine yards total. So one completion for twenty nine yards on seven attempts. Uh, not great, um, but you look at how effective he is on throws. Uh, between the, the line of scrimmage and ten yards, uh he is he's completed what, uh, eighteen of, of twenty uh passes within that, you know, so with between the line of scrimmage and the first down marker, he's completing eighteen of twenty passes. And I think that's kind of the difference between Dylan Morris and, and Jacob Eason last year is he's much more effective in the short game, getting the ball to his receivers and allowing them to make plays. The Puka Nakua uh, big play was was a, just a lot of yak for Puka, uh, more so than anything else. Right. Morris was able to get the ball out to him, and, and Nakua just ran it in. So I think that's kind of the interesting dynamic here when we're talking about uh, the the Huskies receivers and tight ends. It's just how much, how much better the quarterback complements them and kind of their scheme and the, their effectiveness and where they're effective as receivers and route runners and so, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting – it's a – you know, if you're a Husky fan, obviously you love to hear that. So it'll be an interesting dynamic in how how uh, effective Utah is going to be in defending that.
0: No question. I mean, you, yeah, you talk about that Puka run, uh, and if my memory serves me correctly, it was like a, a little five-yard slant or a six-seven-yard yeah. out round. I mean, it wasn't – you know, it wasn't a long th- – th- that ended up going for 65 yards, as we talked about earlier. That's his longest completion of the Mm -hmm. season. And it's not like Puka was running a go route and he put it in the bread basket. Uh, I I will say uh, he's going at 59% completion percentage, which is not great. Um, You know, it's, it's okay, but, but it's not, it's, it's probably what you would expect most freshman quarterbacks uh, to have. Um, And so, Look, I, I, I do think Utah can win this football game. I, I really do, um, despite you know, Washington being 2-0 and and looking mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. You, you start breaking down the numbers, though, and you start looking at position group by position group, and you say, look, this is a team that certainly has weapons. No question. I mean, yeah. you know, Washington's a good program um, that, that will always be competitive, in my opinion, much like Utah. But, but at the same time, you know, it's a ton of youth. Uh, and they're relying on players that haven't done it before. So uh, anytime that happens, I think Utah is going to be a chance to to knock off uh, the Washington Huskies. He's only taken one sack, Dylan Morris. Uh, so so that that leads me to believe, Steve, that the offensive line is is doing their part.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and and that's kind of the thing is. You know, this Washington team, they do have to, they had to replace uh, a good number of guys that have been, um, been on the offensive line, uh, over the last couple of years. A guy like Trey Adams is a name that, you know, I think most Utah fans will be familiar with the, you know, the guys that actually dig into this stuff, uh, and, and that kind of thing. And so, um, <clears throat> They call him but the Globe
0: this... Trey Adams or the World or something because he's literally the size of the planet. He's we live huge. On. He's
1: right. Huge. He's huge. Just a giant human being. He played left tackle for Washington over the last couple of years, but um, but you know they they replaced a number of guys uh, on that offensive line, and you know fortunately for for Washington, they've been able to kind of pick up uh, where where the previous group left off and they've been really really effective now how much of that is the competition that they're facing in Oregon State and Arizona two teams that aren't particularly known for you know being effective on the defensive side of the ball you know I think there is a little bit of that but I think for the most part this is a good offensive line that provides protection and uh, most importantly they get push uh, in the run game and they get movement and they generate and create lanes for their running backs Uh, and so that's that's kind of the thing here is they've got a lot of big bodies on that offensive line I do think that Utah's defensive line actually you know matches fits uh, matches up well with this Washington offensive line they typically do Uh, it's just uh, so that's going to be a fun battle to watch in the trenches with with Utah and Washington Uh, and and I think you know, Utah's defensive line with a lot of the bodies that they have there. You know, we may see, you know, a guy like Van Fillinger get a lot of run this week, more so than what we saw last week. Uh, and, you know, we'll we'll see. But I think I still think that Utah matches up with this Washington offensive line pretty well. And, and, and the, you know, dominating the trenches is going to be a big key uh, to victory uh, for Utah on Saturday.
0: Correct. Uh, for those wondering, Trey Adams, the, the the offensive tackle, left tackle we were talking about, he's now a current member of the Buffalo Bills practice squad. He went undrafted, uh, but was picked up by Buffalo. So so Utah fans do not have to worry about Trey Adams protecting uh, his quarterback's left side this year, which I'm sure is a relief. Look, it wouldn't be I uh, I wouldn't be my doing my due diligence without at least bringing up the field goal kicker for uh, for Washington, Peyton Henry, is his <laughs> name. Uh, three for five on the year, so he's going at sixty hey. percent. Uh, he's missed from forty plus yards, and then he missed one in between the twenty and twenty nine yard mark. So he's he's okay. He's by no means uh, all all century, all world kicker, but um, yeah, you know, that 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 could also come into play. I, I was actually I was looking at the weather. Uh, while you were talking, Steve, because that always plays a factor, especially when you are to Husky yeah. Stadium. Uh, it looks okay uh, right now. Uh, high of That's forty-eight, good. a low of thirty-five for Saturday. No rain in uh, in the forecast, but they do say sun with uh, with some clouds, which is you know any day you get a, a day any day up in Seattle where you don't have clouds. Uh, essentially, you can expect pigs to begin to fly because it just doesn't happen so as long as there's no rain i think you know we're in for a, a fun a, a fun matchup uh and i guess even if there was yeah. rain it, it would be fun because anytime these two teams meet it's uh, it's always a treat so uh so that's exciting uh new i guess we should we should probably quickly talk about you know, some some news from from utah's camp um it's undecided uh, if Britain Covey is going to be ready to go, I know KSL uh, and my colleague Trevor Allen put a piece out uh, the other day on Britton Covey. He did admit via an Instagram post that he's dealing with a hamstring injury, which was kind of what the speculation was against USC when uh, he did not see the field. Uh, so I guess it's still undecided as to whether or not Covey's going to go. And that, that hamstring injury, by the way, came... Uh, prior to the Arizona game, which was expected right. to be the first fixture for the University of Utah, so he's he's been sidelined now uh, for a handful of weeks, uh, and so I guess if I'm a Utah fan, if if I'm listening to this, I I, I wouldn't be all that hopeful to see Britton Cubby out there uh, against Washington. Hamstrings are always uh, troublesome; uh, they are they they're, they're fickle and. Uh yep. they just take longer and they they, they deserve rest, they need rest. Yeah, if, if you've returned too fast, worse things uh, certainly uh, come into play. So uh that that that's kind of all I'm I guess Orlando Umana is another player that I'm I'm kind of looking at. I, I do expect Orlando to play, Steve, but we did see against USC got banged up a bit, and and that to me is a big, big problem. I, I think for this offensive line. To, to really reach its maximum potential. Orlando Umana is, is going to be a big, big part in that. He's probably the, the the most likely candidate, in my opinion, to have an NFL future ahead of him. I, I think the world of Orlando Umana, mm-hmm. he plays the center position for Utah, uh, and he, he's somebody that I would be keeping an eye on uh, while watching this game against Washington just to see kind of what his capability is like because he did get banged up it was an ankle if i'm i'm not mistaken against usc that kind of uh had him hurting for outside of those two is there anybody else that's in danger of of missing or or what what else are you hearing uh, from the utah camp steve that i guess i haven't brought up yet is there anything
1: no, it's it's mostly just those two. I haven't heard any concerns about you know others, and you know, obviously you get some nicks and some dings. Obviously, Samson Nakua was another player that kind of right. tweaked things, but he was back out there and competing, and and I think Samson is always going to be a guy that you know. <laughs> it just seems like Samson is always going to be at eighty percent, you know, regardless <laughs> of of uh, of of what's you know going on. But I I've I expect him to be out there and competing. Um, and so, but other than that, I think Utah is pretty healthy coming into this game. Uh,
0: what, what do you reckon? I think the line is, uh, sitting at seven, uh, in favor of Washington. If you're a betting man, Steve, where does your, uh, what does your heart tell you? What's where would you go?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would probably take Washington with that. I I just think, you know, Utah's got to prove, um, they've got to, they've got to prove themselves and and they've got to prove their progress. Washington already has two games under their belt Utah just won uh, and so how much progress can we expect from Utah? I do think that we will see progress, but you know washington they're going they're they're a game ahead of Utah in this schedule and so i I think it's going to be a, a tough fought battle. I think the product on the field is going to be better this week compared to last week. Uh, for Utah football, uh, I think Jake Bentley will look better. I don't think he will be, you know, a, you know, lights out. I don't think he'll, you know, uh, captivate anybody with his play. But I think he'll make plays. He'll complete a higher percentage of passes. He'll keep Utah in the game. But ultimately, I just think Washington, with what they have going on up there, with the two games under their belt, uh, I I just think it, it's. Uh, it's a lot working against Utah. And, and again, after what we saw last week uh, with the offensive line and just kind of the disappointing play till they prove that they're capable of playing at a high level, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of this, just kind of prove it. And, and so, yeah, I think Washington wins. Um, if the line is seven, I would take Washington with that. Um uh, but I do think it's going to be a competitive game I don't think it's going to be a game like we saw last week where you know it's it's going to be reliant on the defense keeping Washington out of the end zone to keep it close I do think it'll be a you know a good back and forth but I just think ultimately I think Washington just has a, a lot working in their favor heading into this game and I think it's uh it's 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 going to be They'll they'll cover for sure, but I think it's going to be a competitive game. What do you think, Tom?
0: I, I'm with you. I would take uh, Washington with the minus seven point advantage. Something else uh, worth bringing up, anyway, is you know Utah's had a rough go up there in 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 Seattle. They 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 don't win many games, uh, and I'm trying to find it. I couldn't find it in the in the uh, gamer that was sent to us via email. But I believe Utah's only ever won twice up in Yes, Washington. eight and two. There you go. Yeah, Thank
1: eight you. and two in favor of Washington in the series. Yes. Yeah, in so in
0: Seattle. Correct. And so uh, it, 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 it's a difficult place to play. Uh, and, and there are elements up there in the Pacific Northwest that, that make it more challenging. Uh, but nonetheless, beautiful, beautiful Stadium, yep. uh, one of my favorites. To be fair, potentially my my favorite stadium in the Pac-12. When that place uh, is filled, it it is an experience you know, like very few out there. So yeah, um, enjoy. I guess is my point. You know, stay safe, of course, uh, but enjoy the the scenery. It's that stadium. If if Utah fans haven't been able to get up to a game when this pandemic is over. Uh, you've got to get up there. They, they tailgate yeah. on the lake right next to, on the water right next to the right. stadium. I'm talking like a hundred yards between right. the water and the field. So, uh, and in between there's, you know, tailgating going on too. So anyway, it's a beautiful area. I, I love it up there in Seattle. Great food as well. Enjoy. Uh, where did right. I go last time? I'm trying to think. Normally seafood's kind of the go, right? Because good mm-hmm. seafood up there. But, but we went to uh, Chinatown uh and uh it was delicious i I think bill i think bill
1: told me about that too was chinatown yeah yeah Yeah, you'd have pretty good food up there man
0: really good food you'd have to speak to him and and he'll tell you the place we went to last time but highly recommend it if you're not in the mood for seafood or the missus doesn't like seafood because is she going with you She is. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Awesome. Well uh, yeah. Enjoy uh, and be safe uh, and and have fun. But I think that'll do it for us for, for this week. Uh, We, we, we gave you a a kind of game recap from USC. This episode's predominantly been about the Washington, Washington Huskies. And then of course we'll do the same next week with two episodes, breaking down uh, USC and and whoever Utah's opponent is uh, next week. But Steve, my man, uh, you've done a lot of talking over the last three days. So we'll let you rest. Be well and uh, travel safe, all right? Thanks, Tom. Oh, I should also mention Nate Wade Subaru. You guys have heard me say it before, but I'll say it again. Nate Wade Subaru, 1207 South Main Street. Uh, I'd be doing them a disservice if I didn't put them in. So uh, just just go down, say hi. Weather's turning. Uh, All right. We love you guys and we mean it. Be safe. Wear a mask. See you soon.